A mighty feast of hot steaming music brought to you in stereo by bostonfreeradio.com. Boston Free Radio has no corporate agenda. We're independent media for the people. Your music, your voice, your station. What's good, y'all? The indefinable Sterling Golden is in the building. This is the Chop Session, held down by 320 Entertainment. We thank y'all once again for locking in for this award-winning series here on Boston Free Radio. 60 minutes of thought-provoking intimate conversation with the names you need to know now. Family, in case you sleep on an episode of The Chop Session or you happen to lock in late for a Monday night premiere on Boston Free Radio, say less, we got you. You can stream each and every episode of The Chop Session wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can find it on all major digital streaming platforms. All y'all have to do is search The Chop Session with Sterling Golden and hit that subscribe button. Now, for this week here on The Chop Session, this is actually the first of our final four season three episodes here on Boston Free Radio as we close out 2021. We have a dope young rock warrior in the studio who is a decorated rock warrior that has taken home several award honors. She won a scholarship to the prestigious Berklee College of Music in Boston, and she leads Band Inc., bass player, singer extraordinaire. And by the way, y'all, as you can see on social media, also rocks fashion pretty dope as well. Juliana Amaral, representing Band Inc., with us on the Chop Session this week. Juliana, welcome. Happy Monday evening. What's good? Hello. How are you, Sterling? Happy Monday. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, Juliana. It's our honor to have you on this week here on the Chop Session. So we have a lot to unpack this week. You know, there's so much cool stuff to talk about when it involves Band Inc. and Juliana Amaral. You know, so, I mean, I see you just all over the map on the East Coast doing shows. Mm -hmm. Y'all are rocking the stage, blessing the stage. You know, so let's talk about, you know, the fact that you've done some really amazing recent shows. I mean, you've got to be stoked to know you're gaining a following mm -hmm. out here with these shows that you're doing and it's pretty ex pretty exciting stuff you know no doubt let's talk about these recent shows you've done with band inc yeah uh, it's been crazy um you know we're really fortunate to be playing all over the place so recently we actually we just got back from the west coast so we did a show at the whiskey a go go where a bunch of my heroes have played and we actually just got invited back for three awesome shows we're going to open for bands like liliac and vigil of war which are some of my favorite bands and we play all over the East Coast, as you know. Um, we actually play like in places like New York. We're actually going to Poughkeepsie, New York. We're opening for a heavy metal band named Accept, which I am so stoked about. I'm a big fan of theirs, and we'll be playing at the Chance Theater with them. And we're just so stoked because we have so many great opportunities. And I, I'm so glad that we actually get to play our originals, too, which has been my dream for years now uh, as a local artist you know we always start out doing covers which is fun you know you get your name out there through that 
But um, my dream has always been to write my own music, and I've been writing for years now. And now I feel like I have the perfect lineup of musicians to finally be able to do that and play out all of my originals. So it's always more satisfying when you have original material. Yes. To pull out there on stage for your audience, as opposed to covers. And there have been, you know, quite a few iconic bands throughout the history of rock and roll mm-hmm. that actually circumvented the route of playing covers to get some notice yeah. and started straight out the box with original material. Exactly. You yeah. know, and so you're doing something that many artists would consider to be a brave thing, you know, yeah. because some of them just start out with the covers just to get a reaction and just to kind of test themselves out mm-hmm. live, that kind of thing. But you're starting straight out the box yeah, <laughs> this way. Just going at it, you know, because it's like I love doing like covers and stuff. Cause I love seeing people dance. Like we love that. Don't get me wrong. But like as an artist, we have something to say, you know, and we uh, like as a writer and a performer, I would love it if people would hear my music and also relate to it. You know what sure. I mean? And like listen to because me as even a listener, I love to hear a song and think like, you know, what, I'm going through that, too. And I'm glad that I'm not the only one, you know, and I would want to feel that way about my music as well. You know, now, before we go any further, I think our audience needs to hear how you and I first connected. Yes. <laughs> Ironically enough, it was in this very same facility. Yes, the, it was. The yeah. Boston Free Radio Studios. Mm-hmm. On, in fact, a night we were taping this very same show, oh, The wow. Chop Session. Awesome. Which is ironic. It is all fuck, you know. It <laughs> was actually uh, the night we had Jane Conway Casp nice. in the studio during the first season. Mm-hmm. And you were coming out of the studio doing another show. Yes, I was. <laughs> and... We just kind of crossed paths, and you just very randomly said to me, hey, I like your style. I do. I still like your style. You're a very cool guy. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> let's not extol my virtues too much tonight. It's all about <laughs> Juliana Amaral, but Aww. hey, I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, but yeah, that night we first crossed paths, and it was obvious even a couple of years back that Juliana had, you know, high aspirations for mm-hmm. herself and her band. She came in, you know, rocking her fashion just as she is now. Thank you. You know, and here we are, you know. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of years later, we finally have you as a guest. I said to you that night, in fact, mm-hmm. let's get you on a future chop session at some for point sure. down the road. And I'm dope to see we finally made it happen. We here finally this did it. We finally did it. <laughs> we did. We did. So Let's talk about, you know, your beginnings yes. with music. I mean, we talked off air, actually, and I asked her, I asked Juliana, you know, do you have another hustle besides music? And you said, no, the only hustle I've got is music. And y'all, let me tell you something, that takes serious guts mm-hmm. when you decide that you want to devote your entire life to your dream, your passion. In this case, it is music for Juliana Amaral. In particular, it's rock and roll music that, you know, gets her off. And uh, we're here to talk about that this week. You know, so let's talk about your first exposure to rock and roll and what was the life-changing moment for Juliana Amaral? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so growing up, I, you know, grew up with my family, very small Portuguese family. <laughs> this is me, my mom, my grandma, my grandpa. And um, so growing up, I was always, uh, I was a very energetic child. <laughs> and my mom looked at me one day and she's like, you know what, I'm gonna, I want you to take piano lessons. And I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't really into it at the time. 
But my mom, when she was like a little kid, I guess she took piano lessons and she quit. She was like, nah, I'm not doing this. And she regretted it. So when she had me, she was like, you know what? I'm going to put you in piano lessons because it's always something that I wanted. And I think you would enjoy it. So I actually had five teachers tell my mom, like, I don't want a teacher because I was a troublemaker. I would like throw my books in the corner of the room. Like, I'm not going to play any piano. <laughs> and my mom was like, no, 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 you're not going to quit. You're not going to be like me and quit. You're going to stick to it. So she put me in the Rhode Island Philharmonic of music and they're very tough there they're like oh you're gonna learn <laughs> let's talk about that philharmonic situation with rhode island let's talk about your experiences there yeah for sure so i was a part of the youth orchestra i played all the classical pieces but even though it was all classical i would always sneak in some rock music like a lot of queen and i'd be like this isn't classical but i was like freddie mercury was classically trained so i'd always give that little loophole it's true yeah and um yes he was yeah and i was there for many years um my grandma actually used to drive me and she was stubborn if there was a snowstorm she'd still drive me she's like no you're gonna go to your I love it. <laughs> and it, it was um it's it, i'm very fortunate to have gone and the years would go by and i was still stubborn about it i was like oh, i don't because at the time i you know i didn't know if i liked piano or not but i always wanted to be a musician and i was getting bored of the classical piano because i i didn't feel as passionate about it and one day, my grandpa, which is like my best friend, I love my grandpa. <laughs> I love he, that. I know, he, like we he, we grew up, he raised me and everything. It's all about family. It, all about family, exactly. And one day he was like, you know, I can I can tell that um, you don't really like the piano. I'm like, oh, I'm not not too crazy about it anymore. And so one day he's like, you know, do you want to play the bass? Like I, because he actually before he came to America he used to play in a band with his brothers, and he was a bass player and he used to travel all over europe but one day he was like oh, i don't want to do this anymore so he gave everything up and came to america and never did music ever again until you know until i was born and he was like you know what i still have my bass guitar if you want you can have it you can practice it and i was like oh this is pretty cool so he actually took me to my local music shop it's not local it's actually a few minutes away <laughs> but yeah. he was like um yeah you know i'll give you i'll give you bass lessons if you want so i started learning with my bass teacher and i love the bass i was so dedicated to that bass guitar and after that i would like play in local bands you know just try to learn from me i would do after school programs with mentors and they really taught me about how to be in a band and how to have stage presence which i was terrible at because <laughs> i've always been very shy and I've always been very shy because growing up I was picked on very badly. Uh, it's something I talk about a lot because I think there should be more awareness to it. Uh, you know, growing up in schools, you know, bullying is terrible. And but that like shut me down for years. Bullying, you know, especially when you're growing up mm -hmm. yeah. you know, in school and things like that. It can be, you know, such an insurmountable thing for so many exactly. children yeah. and teenagers and things. I mean, some unfortunately you know, don't make it through that struggle. Yeah, you know? exactly. So let's talk about how you overcame. Yeah, and it was struggle. it was all with music. Um, you know, growing up, I was always that one kid that would be left out of all the parties. Um, I would literally eat lunch in like the bathroom because it would get so sad. Like I would like I'd sit down in a table and everyone would get up and leave. And it's like, dude, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, and there was really nothing wrong with me. The only thing is, is that kids can be so mean. And my mom would always I would always hear her talk about it. she's like, man, like you only have a childhood once. Like, you know what I mean? Like you only right. have one childhood. Right. And when you're a kid and kids pick on you, that literally takes away that one childhood. 
And I was always, I'm still like super tall. I was always picked on for my height. I was always picked, and now I look very different. I used to wear like big glasses and I had the braces, as you can imagine, <laughs> you know. But um, now, actually, that I've grown up, I see these same people come up to me and they're like, oh, we used to go to school together. I'm like, oh, oh, that's funny. Like, you know, you see me play on stage and now you come up like, and it's, it's like, does a whole full circle, but through music, you know what I mean? And through music, I actually overcame that, you know, I would come home in tears. I was picked on and I used to say like, Juliana, you're not going to go anywhere if you're going to just cry about it. At least put your energy towards practicing so you can get better at what you love to do. Were there know? particular bands or artists that helped you get through those struggles? Yes, absolutely. Um, Queen, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big Freddie Mercury fan. Uh, Led Zeppelin, a lot of the classic rock. And it's funny because I actually wasn't raised on classic rock. Um, my first concert was actually B.B. King. I went with my grandpa. I was five years old. That's very, very cool, <laughs> That is very cool. I'm so thankful that I got to see him. But I wasn't raised with the bands that I love now. I actually discovered them through after-school programs, like rock programs that my mom used to put me in. And I, I told him, like, you ever hear of Led Zeppelin? She's like, no, I've never heard of <laughs> Like, what? You've never heard of Led Zeppelin before? She's like, no, they sound pretty cool, though. Um, interesting. Like, very interesting. Not a lot of kids can say that the great B.B. King was their first concert experience. I know. I'm very fortunate to have seen it. My grandpa was like a super, he still is a super big fan. It's so weird because that was my first concert. And my second concert was actually Jerry Lee Lewis with him. So it's, my grandpa talked me into that. And he was like, oh, the piano's going to sit on fire. I'm like, really? Oh, I'll go. He led a very interesting life, and I think I'm sure he still does. Yeah, he still does. Jerry yeah. Lee Lewis, you know, you know, it's actually interesting. By the time you all hear this on the 29th of November, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you hear this, it was actually five days ago when the 30th anniversary of not only the passing of Eric Carr mm-hmm. happened, but the same day Eric Carr of Kiss passed away, it was also the day Freddie Mercury yes. passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was one of the saddest days in rock. Yes. Okay, you had these two iconic figures from two very different but very iconic artists and bands mm-hmm. losing key members. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and Freddie Mercury, I say a key member, that's an understatement. The guy was the front man. He, yeah, he was, he like was queen guy. to many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, no, disrespect to Brian May and the other members of Queen, but to many folks out there who don't know anything about Queen, Freddie Mercury is Queen to them. Mm-hmm. I think so too. You know, so... Let's talk about, real quick before we go to our first song from Beyond Inc. here on the chat session, the influence Queen has had on you, Mm -hmm. you know, as a band, and Freddie Mercury in particular. Absolutely. So to me, Freddie Mercury, I'll never forget the first time I ever heard of Freddie Mercury. So my grandpa has an office in our house, and one day I was just hearing music, and he's like very quiet, so I was like, what's he listening to? I think I was like 12 years old, and I walk in, and there's this man in a yellow jacket, like, you know, at Wembley Studio. I'm like, and I sit next to him, you know what I mean? He was like on YouTube watching that, and I sit down, and I was just quiet, and I asked him, like, who is this man? He's like, that's Freddie Mercury. The Wembley Stadium show was your first time. Yeah, that I watched, like, my grandpa was watching it on his on his TV. I guess he, like, plugged his computer into it. That's wild. I know. And I was just, I didn't even, usually I walk in, I'm like, what is this noise? But I was, like, quiet. I was like, who is this? And it was the moment that, you know, the, eh, yo, eh, and that was the part that I yeah. walked into. And I... 
And I told him, I'm like, Grandpa, can you take me to see him one day? And he was like, well, you know, he, he's passed on, but I can tell you more about him. And I just, like, learned about him. And the reason why he's a hero to me is, you know, him as a person, he, he like, he portrayed who he was. Yeah. And he was not, you know, at the time, of course, people were afraid to be who they were, but he still went out on stage and gave it his all, no matter who he was. Certainly and to, did, yeah. Exactly. And I learned from him that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like, how you, you know, what type of person you are. You always give your all and you believe in what you believe in. And as a performer... I I love that because when I go on stage, I forget everything. I don't care what's going on. Uh, it's almost like putting on a mask. It's like you're there, you're going to give a show, and you're going to portray in the people. Or what? even when you write music, you're going to write what you believe about. You're not going to yeah. portray yourself as someone that you're not, you know, because that's yeah. to me, that's why I love Freddie Mercury and Queen in general. They just, they portray their their true selves to the world. And that's what I love in an artist. A figure of major historical importance, y'all. Freddie Mercury, mm -hmm. again, an understatement, what I just said there. The man's a rock and roll hall of famer. All yes. of Queen, in fact, are hall of famers. And I'm aware that Queen has continued to tour in other forms without Freddie Mercury, yes. but accept no substitutes, y'all, in my opinion. Uh Queen ended with the passing of Freddie Mercury. Mm -hmm. That's just my own humble opinion. No, I agree as well. Yeah, there can never, never, ever be another Freddie Mercury. Like no. that, he was one and only. And I, I actually have seen Queen. I think it was with Adam Lambert. Like it's still a fun experience, but they have a part of their show where Freddie comes out in a hologram and I bursted out in tears. I thought that was so beautiful. And it's like, wow. Like, And ironically, yeah. mentioned Adam Lambert. Yes. And I mentioned Kiss earlier. Uh, about 12, 13 years ago, Adam Lambert had an American Idol moment yes, with Kiss on stage. He did, and with Brian May, too. Yes, they did. he did. I think it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, I recall Adam Lambert, he sang the uh, Kiss hit Beth mm -hmm. as part of his finale. That's such a good song. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Kiss come down from the ceiling and play a couple of songs with Adam Lambert. Mm -hmm. And I remember... The shock everybody had over that, and yeah. then you know, but that's another story, another band, another situation. We're exactly. talking about Queen right now, <laughs> but in particular, and we're talking more in a moment about Band Inc. But right now, before we go to our first break, we're about to hear an original yes. from Band Inc. called "Better Off Dead." Uh huh. Okay? That's the new one. <laughs> yes, it is. Let's talk about "Better Off Dead." Absolutely. So I. On the way back from L.A., I had this riff in my head. Da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da. And that was probably the worst place to have an idea because you're on an airplane. I don't have my instrument with me. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm going to be in this plane for four hours and this is just going to loop until I go back home. <laughs> Which, um, that's how you know that that has to be written if it just keeps looping. But I wrote this, the lyrics to this song so the meaning behind better off dead is like when you're with when you're in a relationship mm -hmm. and you know there's you know you're it's a one way relationship and you're really giving it your all but the other person is just like you know what this person is clearly wasting their energy i'm just going to keep making it worse and maybe if i keep making it worse they'll just kind of like slowly die out so this is a breakup song yeah <laughs> okay and it's like and 
like when a person just like wants to see you upset and they think making you upset will make you not do anything with your life they're gonna think oh this person is never gonna get over me well you know obviously people get over people in my case you know write a song about (laughs) it you know that really helps people with it you know and here it is y'all from band inc with juliana amaral on lead vocals and bass this is Better Off Dead. We're back in a few minutes here on The Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden, and this is Boston Free Radio. We're back in a few.
Live on stage, that was Band Inc. And that, of course, was a new original that's called Better Off Dead. Here on the shop session, I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio, and we are with Juliana Emerell, representing Band Inc., bass player, lead vocalist, award-winning artist, you know, and looking fabulous, sounding fabulous. Thank you. So, family, in case you sleep on an episode of The Chop Session or you happen to lock in late for a premiere on Boston Free Radio, say less, we got you. Stream each and every episode of The Chop Session wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts across all major digital streaming platforms. All you all got to do is search The Chop Session with Sterling Golden and hit that subscribe button, and you can hear episodes like this one with Juliana Amaral. So with that being said, we now want to talk about Band Inc. Okay, mm-hmm. so we go from Juliana Amaral discovering Queen and Freddie Mercury and overcoming bullying in school mm-hmm. and finding her passion, which is music. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about the point where you decided you wanted to get a band thing going on. Absolutely. So uh, growing up, I would always play, like I mentioned, in like after school rock programs, they used to like put kids bands together that was like a way of learning but i think when i was i want to say 15 years old i actually had a friend of mine um she was like hey um i'm gonna be graduating soon and i need like my parents are offering to have a band at my party i know you don't have a band right now but if you know i would ask you can you put a band i was like absolutely i'll put a band together that's been my dream so we put a band together and it was <laughs> this band was actually just for the graduation party. It had no name. And we did the party. Parents were recording. And I was like, oh, that was fun. I actually got to play in a band that I put together and we rehearsed. So a few days go by. I get a call from some venues. They're like, hey, I saw your band play at a party. We'd love to have you guys. You guys look cool. Um, we'd love to book you. So I was ecstatic. But I was like, oh, we don't have a name. <laughs> so I was like, oh, guys, what are we going to do? So we were like, you know what? Let's just call it Band Inc. This is probably another one-time thing, right? So we'll, like, the name isn't going to be that serious forever. <laughs> so we do the one gig, and we, we did this big venue, and everyone was there. Again, same thing. Everyone was recording a few days later. Phone rings. We'd like to book banding. So I'm like, oh my God, now the name is stuck. What are we going to do? We don't have time to change it. Oh no. So oh, here, man. here I am, like, what, like six years later, we're still doing banding. It's stuck. And I know it's stuck, but I'm actually happy for years. I actually didn't like it. But now I'm like, you know what? It's easy to remember. People will remember. It's easy to type up. It's not like this crazy long name that no one's ever going to remember. It's right. simple band ink. Like, yes. oh, what's that band? Band Inc. Band oh, Inc. You know what I mean? So now I'm like, you know what? That was a pretty good decision. <laughs> I'm very curious to know, though, were there any other names that crossed your mind at the time? Did anything else come across the mind of Juliana Amaral but lost to Band Inc.? No. That was the only... I will be honest. I'm a very superstitious person. I'm always like... Let's talk more about that. <laughs> what makes you superstitious? I don't know. I'm always like, you know what? If everyone remembers this name, maybe there's some good reason behind it. Maybe if I were to change it, people would still say Banding. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe the name, I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like, maybe if I just keep it, maybe it'll, you know, stick. Good fortune. You know what I mean? It's like it'll stay with us. I guess it's like a lucky charm or something. <laughs> it could also be, you know, 
played with in some ways. Like, for example, if, say, Band Inc. puts out their first full-length record, and this is just your man Sterling Golden thinking aloud, y'all, <laughs> okay? Because my mind just races like this. You could take the name Band Inc. and even fuck with the spelling, Yeah, you know? For example, B-A-N-N-E-D-I-N-K, Band Inc., yeah. Or band, B-A-N-D, ink. Have yeah. a tattoo on the cover. Exactly, you know? yeah. Band ink. You can do like so much with the name. That's what I also like about it. Like mm-hmm. I've had many people come up to me like, is it Band-Aid? No, <laughs> it's Band Ink. You would get sued if you were called Band-Aid. I know, Band-Aid. Yeah. We'd get, we'd get, we <laughs> so, wouldn't be a band for too long. Somebody owns that, you know, I mean, but <laughs> so I've heard. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's definitely a name that can you know, be explored with a lot of possibilities. Exactly. And yeah. like for me, I I forget a lot of things. I'm 20 years old, but I still forget stuff. So for me, I love like a band name that I'm like, that, I remember that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like works out pretty well. <laughs> kind of wild, you know. And I'll tell you this too, you know, with looking at our young scene for music right mm-hmm. now, especially in New England, there's a lot of dope young artists and creators on the come up right now trying to make a name for themselves and mm-hmm. find their footing, whether it be in hip hop or EDM or rock or what have you. And it's always dope when someone like Juliana Amaral pulls up to the curb and says, hey, you know, I know that some of the industry pundits out there feel that as a business, rock is dead, mm. but... You know, I'm here to champion that sound and that vibe in spite of it maybe not being as commercially viable. Mm -hmm. This is what I love and this is who I am. You know, I mean, so let's do this, you know. So you go up on stage and you do that first uh, first high school gig. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then from there you decide, hey, I want to keep doing more of this shit. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's talk about the first professional gig beyond that high school gig that Band Inc. did. For sure. Um, like my, per- my first professional, I've been gigging out, I think since I was like 13, I used to do acoustic gigs and that was like, for me, like the practice round. I was like, okay, this is what I like to be in front of a crowd, but it's very different when you're with a band. So our first professional gig was actually that second gig that they called us. I think we opened for, a uh, what band was it? I think it was a Leonard Skinner tribute band. So that was fun. Cause you know, we like that type of music and it was all covers, um and when we played it was fun because i was actually leading the band like it was the first time that i was in the front because i didn't start out as a singer i was always the bass player and the first time i actually sang was at an open mic i did not tell my mom (laughs) because i knew if she knew she would be in the front row recording me and i did not want that to happen (laughs) so what happened was i told her i was like you know what i'm just gonna go to an open mic with this guitar i'm gonna play for my friend and she was like all right have fun and my friend recorded me and sent it to her (laughs) my mom was i was like oh thanks for throwing me under the bus but my mom was yeah she was like hey you know you should definitely sing so like definitely being the bass player and the singer it's great for it's definitely great because it splits your brain in half almost you're doing two different things at the same time so that first gig for me i i tell everyone like i was nervous but now as i grow older nerves and excitement to me i tell this to my band all the time Mm -hmm. nerves and excitement are the same thing it's just how your mind looks at it so it's like 
when I'm nervous, I just think to myself, I'm not nervous, I'm just excited. And right away, that mindset changes to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm just excited to get on stage. It's that adrenaline kicking in. So I've Certainly. never been, I think the only time I was ever nervous for a gig was that open mic. Other than that, I was like, ah, I did it fine. I, I don't need to be nervous anymore. That's what it's like. <laughs> I love it. You know, I mean, it's crazy when people sometimes get the two confused and mm -hmm. don't realize those nerves actually are a good thing because it means you truly care about what exactly. the fuck you're doing. Exactly. You know, and if you have those nerves and the excitement and that adrenaline flowing, it means you know your purpose and your passion mm -hmm. and you're here to, you know, make that thing. You're here to take that and just make the whole place come alive. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's what it is. And speaking of coming alive, we have another track right now from Band Inc., yes. another original here on the Chop Session, Midnight Rider. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about Midnight Rider. For sure. So I actually wrote Midnight Rider, I believe it was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I actually wrote it for my grandpa because <laughs> he loves uh, Harley Davidson's and He's always on the motorcycle with his friends. And I was like, oh, that's that's appropriate. I'll, I'll give him a song. So, you know, because he, he's actually our sound guy. He always brings all the equipment to all the gigs. He runs the sound. And, you know, he's really one of my, he's my best friend. So I was like, I'm going <clears> to <throat> write about someone I truly care about. So I love it. <laughs> well, y'all, here it is. Midnight Rider. And this is from Band Inc. Of course, Juliana Amaral, lead vocals and bass on this one. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is the Chop Session here on Boston Free Radio. We are back in a few. <laughs>
band Nick on that one. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. We're with Juliana Emerald representing Band Inc. this week. As mentioned earlier on, this is the first of our final four season three episodes, y'all. In fact, next week we have something pretty cool for y'all. We have representatives of Riviera Clothing Company, a brand new design brand out on the scene in fashion in our area. They're pulling up one week from tonight to be on the show. On the 13th of December, this one's going to be pretty amazing. Samuel Vartan, designer extraordinaire. He will be here and we'll even have a little bit of visual for y'all for that one because we're going to give y'all a full scope of the Samuel Vartan fashion experience on the 13th of December. And finally, our season finale, the 20th of December, we have African Boy on the line from London talking about his new single, Cancel Culture, as well as his career to date from his first single, One Day I Went to Lidl, which was back in the early internet days, his collaborations with legends like MIA, and so much more with African Boy. There's so much ground to cover. We've talked to him in the past on the Old Morning Show, but now we have the Chop Session vibe with African Boy, December 20th, our season finale for season three of the Chop Session. And in case you sleep on an episode of the Chop Session or you happen to lock in late for an episode on Boston Free Radio, say less, we got you. Stream each and every episode of the Chop Session wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All y'all got to do is search up the Chop Session with Sterling Golden and hit that subscribe button. Is anybody still here after all that? I hope so. I am. <laughs> yes, you are. Julia. Yes, you are. Bless you. Bless you. You know, so with that being said, we're talking about Band Inc. And we've already touched upon how the band was formed, how you found the name Band Inc. and your influences and so on. So let's now start from the point after we first met. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was uh, actually, I believe it was the beginning of 2020. Yes. So. <laughs> I have asked almost every artist in season two and three this year the same question. And it's just because I get curious to hear their perspectives on the whole situation and what they were doing mm-hmm. at the height of the public health crisis, mm-hmm. which, in case you've been living under a rock, is still lingering out there in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. if you haven't had your booster shot yet, they just approved booster shots for people over the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So. Get out there and get that shit done, y'all. Okay, mm-hmm. stay protected. But anyway, enough of my PSA. <laughs> what was Juliana Amaral and Band Inc. doing amid the height of the public health crisis? So 2020 was like a really weird year because I was I was supposed to, you know I graduated, but I was supposed to have like you know a prom. Uh, what is it? Graduation did not have any of that. I mean, I had like a weird graduation ceremony. I recall this on social media. Yes, yeah, yeah I posted about it, and it was it kind of sucked because um, 2020 was a great year because we got nominated for many awards. I, yes. I actually won Best Female Vocalist of the Year by Limelight Music Magazine, so that was amazing. Um, but it was also a weird year because, as you, as we all know, the pandemic happened. And what really sucked about the pandemic, I mean, everything sucked about the pandemic. But as a... No work, banana bread for you? No banana, <laughs> no. Mm. As a musician, um, it really sucked because even though I was in high school, I was gigging out like four nights a week. I, I didn't have, like, I didn't go to dances. I didn't go to the parties. I was always out working. Uh, you know, we used to have the residency at the Middle East in Cambridge. We used to play there once a month, like 10 to 2. We used to always, you know, I was, what, like, like 17 years old. I used to do all these gigs. 
And when the pandemic hit, I hit a wall because it's like, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm never home. I'm always out either rehearsing, either gigging, traveling, playing with the band. And that all stopped. So I really had to, like, take it in. Mm. It took a long time to do that. Yeah. Because even when I'm not gigging, like, I'm always, I'm a social butterfly. I love going out. I love, like, seeing either shows or I don't get to see as many shows now because I'm always so busy. But, like, all throughout high school, I used to go see bands, either House of Blues or, you know, go see a concert or something like that. And I couldn't do any of that. So I would just stay home, practice. Um, I was still doing online high school at the time, so I still had something to do. But, yeah, it was just a really weird year. Um, it, a lot of good came from it, though. You know, I, I learned a lot um, to, like, really appreciate the time that we have outside of, you know, outside of our homes and everything like mm -hmm. that. And to, like, not live life so quickly, you know, to really take in everything and enjoy everything that life has to offer. But, yeah, like I'm, I was not a big fan of the pandemic. <laughs> no, it was not my favorite time. I doubt anybody was. I think know? some I mean, people, introverts, maybe they really enjoyed it. They were like, oh, great, I can be home all the time. <laughs> good point. <laughs> good point. Point taken on right? that. Uh, yes, yeah. you know. But, yeah, you know, I mean, I've asked every artist and every person I've had on this season and the last, in fact, because we were actually at the tail end of the height. Mm -hmm. when season two happened and season two was entirely virtual yeah you know yeah. we had i didn't have a single in-person guest wow. that season you know so i get curious how every artist handled it and everyone's had a different story yeah you know but one thing i learned from every artist is that they persevered mm -hmm. amid that time and kept on creating found, exactly. found ways to get their art out there mm -hmm. found ways to stay productive mm -hmm. you know keep the business going and i think it challenged people Mm -hmm. as to how they can continue to stay profitable and productive amid a time when many people were hitting the wall. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. You know, Julianne Amaral being one <laughs> that, you know, persevered, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So another question for you, okay? Yes. You being someone who loves the old school rock and roll sound and mm -hmm. the artists and that kind of thing, we just had recently the 2021 class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted. Yes. And for those of y'all who don't know, this class was pretty formidable, for 2021, okay, we had Tina Turner as a solo artist, mm -hmm. Carol King, the Go-Go's, the Foo Fighters, Todd Rundgren, Craftwork, mm -hmm. Charlie Patton, Gil Scott Heron, Billy Preston, Randy Rhodes, you know, but then we also had hip-hop greats like LL Cool J uh -huh. being inducted, you know, among a couple of others. And that always sparks amongst the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame followers on social media yeah. some really healthy debate a lot of them getting upset that their favorite band or artist was not inducted. Like a lot of Iron Maiden fans, for instance, were, you know, pounding their tables in their living rooms or their bedrooms, whatever, over mm -hmm. frustration about their favorite <laughs> band not being inducted, but LL Cool J. And this is what they'll always say every year. Well, that's a hip hop artist. They don't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But of course, they're forgetting the fact that there are jazz greats, country greats, exactly. reggae artists, disco artists also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. you know. And there also have been, you know, other rock legends who have protested hip-hop artists being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am of the opinion that in spite of the fact that there's now going to be a hip-hop Hall of Fame, you know, opening up in, in the future, oh, okay. I feel 
they belong. I feel NWA belongs. LL Cool J belongs. I mm -hmm. feel the Beastie Boys belong. Mm -hmm. Grandmaster Flash belongs, okay? And every hip-hop artist that has been inducted thus far belongs. Mm -hmm. Where does Juliana Amaral stand on hip-hop artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, this is a very interesting question because I look at rock and roll as like breaking the rules. So you think it would be appropriate for like as I like as a, a rock fan, I never get angry with who gets inducted because I think that we should accept everyone because I music agree. music is music. You know, we're all we're all, you know, we're all spreading word through music. We're spreading mess, you know. We're artists, and we should all be accepting of one another. We shouldn't like say like, "Oh my God, that's like that's like hip hop." What are you saying? You can't. No, it's like what you say. We have disco people in the rock and roll. Donna Summer. We have um, Nile Rodgers. Exactly. Sheik. We have Aretha Franklin. Got excellence awards right? actually. You Nile Rodgers and Sheik actually ended up getting an excellence award. Mm -hmm. After years of being nominated but never inducted. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like just. I, I think that people just make a big deal out of it because these people have worked very hard to get where they are. Agreed. LL Cool J, all these amazing artists. They've Public worked, Enemy. Exactly. They've worked very hard to get where they are, and I feel like they should get the recognition that they deserve. And yeah. I think that it is totally okay to put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm, Agreed, yeah. I'm like, sure, absolutely. If they've worked hard to get where they are, they've dedicated their whole life to their career, why be upset when people are getting awarded these amazing honors? I mean, and people know? get so vociferous. Oh and most of them are not even musicians. <laughs> like, this is true. Most right? of them are just armchair music critics. Exactly. Or just, they play the jaded rock critic on social media behind their smartphone or their laptop or exactly. whatever the fuck it is, you know? And I don't know. They just want to argue. And it's like at some at the end of the day, you know, people work very hard to get where they are. And as a musician, I see that there's it's a big struggle, you know, to build Certainly. someone's career. Yeah. So I feel like recognition should go to these people. And I think that there should be no issue at all welcoming, welcoming them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because it's like what I say. Rock and roll is, is for years. It's like break the rules, you know? That's right. And it's like... Screwed. If someone's not a rock and roll band, what? Why? Why? What should it matter? I know that. Yeah. Like people take it too literally. Rock and roll Hall of Fame. Like I get it. It's rock and roll, but people have created like they've created new sounds that can yeah. contribute to rock. Like for example, there's a new artist. I, I believe his name is Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know if yes. You, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he actually won Best Rock Artist of the Year. I believe it was last uh, well, Sunday. It was this past weekend. And he said something that was very interesting. He says, I look at the, the titles of these magazines and they say rock and roll is dead, but I don't think it is. It's here to stay. Yes. Now, I believe that I don't know too much about him. I could be wrong. I, I probably should have done research. But I think he actually did like some um, like it sounded. I remember when he came out. It sounded like hip hop music. I could be wrong, but like mm. I, I think he was under that sort of label. But he now does this rock music that's very punk. Yeah. So now that's another example. Punk, yeah. punk music, yeah. right? Isn't yeah. it just rock and roll music? I mean, right? 
Rock and roll has taken on so many different forms. So many different identities. And that's some people can look at like artists like um like Run DMC, for example. Also in the rock and roll right? fame. And they mm-hmm. are hip hop and they did this awesome thing with Aerosmith. Was it Walk This Way? Yes. And they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And by the way, y'all, you know, let's also point out the fact that some of these inductees from the hip hop world into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like the notorious B.I.G. and Tupac, mm-hmm. lived more of a rock and roll lifestyle than most rock and rollers ever exactly, did. Exactly, yeah. Let's point that out. Mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. You know, but yeah, you know, it was definitely something that had my curiosity, you know. And But now, Band Inc., <laughs> the future for Band Inc., 2022 sure. Vision Board and Beyond, what's in the future for Band Inc.? Absolutely. So we got a lot of new stuff coming. So um, I was just talking with the band. We're going to be recording soon in December. We'll finally have our first EP out on Spotify and Apple Music. And I'll post all of that on social media at Bandink, uh, whatever social media people use. Um, we are Our plan is to do some tours. So we are going back to L.A. I believe Dece- yeah, tw- December 22nd we'll be back at the Whiskey A Go-Go. We'll be opening for Paradise Kitty, which is an all-female Guns N' Roses tribute band. Um, nice, nice. And then we will be back for, actually, let me slow down a little bit, December 4th, like I mentioned, we're opening for Accept, which huge band, uh, they had hits such as Balls to the Wall and all these other amazing hits. We will be at the Chance Theater, December nice. 4th, opening for them, doors open at 7. And February, we're going back to L.A. for two amazing shows at the Whiskey A Go-Go. <laughs> we'll be opening for Liliac. Um, which amazing band, a whole family band. They were on America's Got Talent and just super amazing family. And February 24th, opening for Vigil of War, which is one of my favorite bands. Excellent. Speaking of Band Inc. Live, here's a quick example of Band Inc. Live on stage. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden, and this is Boston Free Radio. We are back in a few.
Juliana Amaral, it's been dope having you on this week on the CHOP session. Thank we appreciate you, so much. you. And by the way, for those of y'all out there who don't know, you can absolutely find uh, Juliana Amaral on social media. And in fact, in particular, if you want to get an idea of Juliana Amaral, the artiste, if you will, mm-hmm. you can find her on Instagram at Juliana Lucia Amaral. And uh, I can spell that for you. <laughs> Here it is. G-I-U-L-I-A-N-A, Lucia, L-U-C-I-A, Amaral, A-M-A-R-A-L. Okay, I'm not slowing that down for you. Just keep up with me. <laughs> but you can find her on Instagram and, of course, band underscore Inc. on Instagram as well, I-N-C. And you can find band Inc. right there too. You mm-hmm. know. And for those of y'all who are wondering, is there a band Inc. album down the pike anytime soon? Absolutely. But for now, we're working on the EP, which will give you a little, little snippet of what band Inc. is like. That is dope, y'all. Next week, you're on the Chop Session, Riviera Clothing Company, as we close in on three more season three episodes. And speaking of the Chop Session, in case you sleep on an episode or lock in late, say less, we got you. Check out each and every episode of the Chop Session wherever you fuck with podcasts. All y'all got to do is search up the Chop Session with Sterling Golden and hit that subscribe button. And you can find us on social media at Chop Session Show on Instagram and at the Chop Session on Twitter. And find your man, the indefinable Sterling Golden on social media as well on Instagram at DJ Sterling Golden and on Twitter at DJ Sterling Golden with one G could not fit two in the handle to many characters. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. I say stop. <laughs>